Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Greg Montarosa. Greg Montarosa supports and advances entrepreneurship, innovation, and economic development. He has a track record of scaling ideas and growing businesses and ecosystems. He has been recognized by Congress for his contributions in helping founders bring ideas to life, scale businesses, and bringing economic development to regions. Welcome to the podcast, Greg. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest today. You're welcome, and I'm honored to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? Yeah, so I was um, first-generation American. My parents are from El Salvador. I was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles, a product of the LA Unified School District, went to community college out here. So born and raised here in LA. Wow, that is amazing. Have you traveled at all? So you know what? I've had the opportunity to go to different cities and, and, and explore different countries. Uh, my most recent trip, I bought a one-way ticket to Paris and uh, put all my stuff in storage, bought a one-way ticket, and yeah, I just made it happen. Before I left, I emailed a handful of VC groups, incubators, and accelerators. I emailed them and I was like, hey, I'm this guy from LA. I'm coming out to Paris. I'd love to see how I can bring your startups value. So I'm going to say like 80% of the people reached out and they were like, pull up. So I ended up mentoring startups while I was there. It turned, I, was, I lived there for almost a year. Um, but yeah, that was my most recent adventure. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. Now, tell us more about your principle in regards to the state of entrepreneurship. Okay, so that's really like where my passion lies. So entrepreneurship is the backbone of any country, any city, or any town. Because these people that are creating commerce and hiring people and making things happen. So as a young age, I've been surrounded by entrepreneurship. From at eight years old, I helped my grandmother sell tamales in front of supermarkets. Um, I was sweeping hair at my mom's beauty salons at like 10, 15, running the register at eight. So entrepreneurship's always been a part of who I am. And I've really found that when I empower others is when I thrive. So I love networking, bringing value to other entrepreneurs and founders. Wow, that is powerful. Very powerful. Now tell us more about your principle in regards to building the community. Okay. So as far as community building goes, so I live in a part of Los Angeles that's pretty quiet. Um, it's considered the Conejo Valley, just inland of Malibu. So at the time, there really was no startup activity going on where we lived. So we had to travel into the big city to get that kind of energy going. Um, but what we realized was uh, through having meetup groups and just lunches as a, as a community, was that there was power in what we were up to collectively. So his network with her network, with my network, with her network, built something really cool. So my friends and I started organizing events in our town. And um, the first one, we were like, you know what, if four people show up, it's gonna be awesome. And so more than four people showed up, we continued to develop more events. Um, when I got back from Paris, I launched a startup center in my community. So I partnered up with the local university and we built a, a campus for founders to come scale ideas and connect with mentors. So the value to growing startup communities is in the resources and the roles that people like government play, people like learning institutions play, and then us as participants. I see. Now you mentioned that you took a chance by putting that event together. Now, how important is it to take the first step into the unknown? So, right, right. So, especially now during COVID, right? Where we're all in a waiting for something to happen mode. 
So my friends and I, we operate like we set a date and then we work back from the date. So like, let's just set a date so that we have something that we have to do it by and let's just make it happen. So one of our first events was a hackathon. And so the premise of the hackathon was we registered a domain name called startupconejovalley.com, which is our region. And we built a website that we would all use, which was really cool. So it's like, what kind of resources would you like access to? Dope. Let's compile a database of those resources and let's build a landing page for it. So over the course of the weekend, we built this really cool website and that led to more events. Um, but events like Startup Weekend are really like the catalyst of building startup communities. So Startup Weekend is one of those events that you pitch and you show up on Friday night, you pitch an idea, you form a team, and by Sunday you have something to show for it. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Greg. Now tell us more about your principle in regards to moving from idea to product. Okay. So as far as from idea to product, a lot of us get stuck in the planning phases of it, thinking that everything has to be perfect and that everything has to be right. Uh, when me or one of my partners come up with an idea, the first thing we do is we go out there and validate with our customers. So I'll build a customer profile and I say, okay, this is what my customer looks like. This is what they like. This is how they spend their time. These are the Facebook groups they participate in. And then I build a questionnaire and I ask them, hey, is this a problem that you face? How are you currently solving this problem? Would you pay for a solution? So I'm in a customer discovery mode and that should never stop. So then I'm going to take this feedback and I'm going to build what's called my minimum viable product. What's the one thing I do and do well? And I should be embarrassed by that first version because it'll never be dialed in, right? Like we all wait for everything to be aligned before we launch something. But the reality is if you go on Wayback Machine, which is this website where you can look up old versions of websites, go look up what Yahoo looked like when they launched. Go look at what Google looked like when they launched. Like those founders would be embarrassed, you know, but let that serve as a reminder to us that, hey, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to solve a problem that people face. So when we're going from idea to launch, the move is we work in a sprint. Life is a marathon, right? But we're allowed to sprint certain parts of that marathon. So when I'm in the process of launching my business, I need to move fast. Otherwise, it's just an idea that lives in my heart. That's right. Accelerated progression truly matters. Now, tell us more about your companies, Greg. Right, right. So, um, so in my early 20s, I, in my mid-20s, I launched a company called MyLLC.com. And so what we do is we help people set up corporations and LLCs. And this was before the whole like entrepreneurial flag was being waved high. Few people knew about entrepreneurship, um, but we were serving that community. So what we do is people need to set up an entity when they start a business. So we help them with that process in a really affordable way. So I launched that 12 years ago, about six years into it, I hired my replacement, which was a blessing. I realized that, hey, I need somebody smarter than me to come scale my business, to come take my business to the next level. So I followed that playbook from eBay. Um, so eBay brought in this lady named Meg Whitman and she then acquired PayPal. She took them public. Like she was that person for them. So I was like, I need to mirror that. I need to bring in somebody smarter than me to take my business to the next level. So mylc.com is still thriving. We're still helping people. We're employing people, which to me is a huge metric, right? How many jobs we're actually creating as a business. So my LC, near and dear to my heart, that's the business where the sacrifices took place, right? So that was like my opportunity play. So I was like, where does the biggest opportunity lie? And at the time, formations were on the rise. My friends were launching startups at the time. They were like, oh, we're like the Uber for cupcakes or like 
something ridiculous, right? My attitude was like, I need to solve a big problem and I need to help as many people as I can. So that's that project, um, which then led me to move to Paris once I hired that person. Um, so when I get, came back, I partnered up with a local university that launched a space called Hub 101. So Hub 101 is a startup center in Westlake Village. And so we took it from a shell of a space to a thriving entrepreneurial environment home base. So we have founders from all walks of life that call the space home. We connect them to mentors. We connect them to service providers. We bring them opportunities to raise capital. So that's my legacy play, Hub 101. So now I'm working on my, um, like my passion play, okay? So we're all sitting at home during COVID and we're just waiting for something to happen, right? We're all waiting for something to happen. Like, okay, when is this going to be lifted? When, we, when can we go back to making paper? So my friends and I got like, we were not bored or frustrated, but we're like, we need to make a move during COVID. So on August 1st, I signed a lease, a one-year lease for a retail space here in Los Angeles to serve a certain type of community. So we signed the lease August 1st. By the 21st, we launched the brand, which is called Milk Room. And uh, we sell vintage luxury streetwear and sneakers. And that's been a really beautiful community to be a part of because that's something I enjoy already as it is. So now I get to come into a store and like pick out a shirt from the rack I'm going to wear that day. Wow. I love it. Growth is truly the beauty of life. Now, tell right. us about your most recent project, Greg. Totally. I, I can do that. But let me go back to the thing, right? So first, I chased opportunity. So, like, what's my opportunity play? Like, where am I going to get the bag? Or, like, where am I going to serve the most people, right? And then came my legacy play. So I asked one of my mentors in life, who's this older gentleman, what's one of your biggest regrets in life? And he's, like, not working on my legacy in the prime of my career. I'm working on my legacy now in my 80s, but all I am is a check. So Hub 101 is my legacy play, which then led me to my passion play. So Milk Room is something I enjoy doing. It doesn't even feel like I'm coming to work. I get to work with awesome designers, with amazing people. So, so yeah, that's, that's been like the model, right? Opportunity, legacy, and then passion play. So, wow. so right now what I'm working on is I'm working on economic development for my entire city. So the city of Los Angeles is a big city with a lot of pockets of underserved communities. So what I'm doing is I'm tapping into these communities and I'm connecting founders with mentors. And you are. <laughs> right, right. Amazing. And that's been a blessing, right? So my attitude is like, the more people I can bring value to, the greater my network becomes. So like, if I can help you crush it at whatever it is, then if I send you an email introduction for somebody that needs a job, for somebody that needs your service, you're going to be like, Greg, I got you. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> for sure. And now is that your most recent project as well? Yes, it is. Wow. Serving my city. I see. Now, what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life, Greg? So for me, the most joy is helping others thrive. So what I've realized is the more I help people thrive, the easier my life gets, the more opportunities come my way. So no cap has been like my greatest thing in life is like helping others thrive. And you're continuing to do that each day. It's so. crucial. It's, it's crucial. Yes, sir. Now, how did you make the decision to choose the vocation you did? It chose me. So, so what's happening is everything has been a preparation to where I'm at right now. So there have been moments in life where I've missed more shots than I've made, right? 
And I've wondered like, wow, why was I allowed to go through that period? Or why was I allowed that type of suffering? And the reality is so it can prepare me for my today. So as a kid, I think I wanted to be an actor. And as an adult, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so what does that mean? That means like the definition of an entrepreneur is like an adventure, one that undertakes risk. And I'm like, wait, I want to live by design. And being an entrepreneur, being a founder and serving others allows me to do that. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Now, did you ever experience an aha moment on your journey? Ooh. So an aha moment was knowing that I get to live by design. So there was a moment in my life where I was living by default. And so what did that mean? Is like, I would just wake up and then go with the motions of the day, wondering why the person I was aspiring to be wasn't in the room with me. And one day it all clicked for me. It was like, what are my aspirations? What are the mannerisms of who I aspire to be? How do they dress? How do people view him? What value does he bring the world? And then it hit me like, wait, I could be that person today. And so that started off with like small routines, um, creating small rituals, right? That tall cup of glass in the morning before I when I wake up, before I reach for my phone, before I have that cup of coffee, you know, just identifying what makes me a better me and doing more of that. And that's living by design. So that was my aha moment when I understood that I had the choice to live by design. That's right. And baby steps truly matter. Right. They get us somewhere. Yes, they do. Indeed. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Oh, is to take inventory of who you're surrounding yourself with. So if you're in a scenario where you feel that you're not thriving or that you're not chasing the best version of yourself, take inventory of who you're spending your time with and understand that it's okay to outgrow people. And it's okay to ask to pause people in your life too, right? Like, hey, cousin, I love you, but I'm gonna pause our relationship right now and we'll, I'll be back. That's okay for the betterment of us. Now, have you done that before? I have a feeling you yes, have. Yes, yes. And, it, and, 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 and it's hurtful and, and it pains me a little bit, but at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me so that others may thrive, right? So if I'm operating at 100%, if those around me are going to vibe on that and they're going to operate on the same frequency level. But if I'm sad because my spouse and I aren't communicating right or that one best friend I have just isn't inspired like I am or is consistently putting my ideas down, then it takes inventory of my surroundings. That's right. And loving yourself truly matters. So thank you for sharing that. And Greg, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I truly appreciate you. Now, where can the audience find you? So you know what? I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter. They can find me at Greg Metro, G-R-E-G-M-E-T-R-O. And uh, if you need gassing up, if you need to connect to a mentor, or if you just want to bounce ideas off somebody, slide into my DMs. I'd be more than happy to chat with anyone. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Greg at his Twitter and Instagram at Greg Metro and his LinkedIn, Greg Montarosa. And Greg, again, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I hope you have a blessed day. Thanks, you too. Thank you.